Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Bella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing, nothing. We got you covered for college football, too. Every fantasy football. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tom Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. It's Viernes Friday. We got you with football and football and basketball. Just check out RayandTayToday.com. Ray, let's start with TNS. And it was really impressive to see the Steelers finally score over 30 and finally score 40 and explode on the Titans, 40 to 17. And Big Ben finally started to get it going. The defense is on fire. Is this the number one seed, and is this the sort of coming of age of a team that is ready to dethrone the Patriots? How, are you impressed with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because they did this without I Joe am. Hayden. I am. They did it without Joe Hayden, although Tennessee is not the type of team to exploit Joe Hayden's absence, right? Their best player is Delaney Walker. Uh, a, uh, or a in Mariota. That was bad. Yeah, 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 for sure. But they don't—they don't really have the wide receiver core that that uh, will really challenge the Steelers. But yes, hundred percent, definitely impressed with the Steelers. Impressed with their poise. Impressed with their ability in the second half to just do whatever they want. I still think they throw the ball too much. You need to get more of the run in. In fact, I'd like to see Connor get some more carries too, because I don't want to see Le'Veon Bell get burnt out before the playoffs. Well, he got some last night, but also remember this: they had to pass more. Because he couldn't run against the Titans. The Titans' defensive line is just, they're like, I think, fifth overall against the run in the NFL. They were, they were tough to move on, you know? Yeah, I, I, I hear you, but I know Ben wants to throw. You know, Ben and, and uh, Haley, they have a tendency to throw, and then probably a third of the way into the season they said, wait a minute, we need to get Le'Veon Bell more. So I think, like we said off air, the Steelers are, are – figuring out their offensive groove. I mean, they're very talented offensively. They just need to create that playoff identity, and ultimately it comes down to the, the two top teams in the AFC are the Steelers and obviously the Patriots. So we thought the Kansas City Chiefs were okay. I thought the Denver Broncos going into the season would be interesting, the Houston Texans. but it's all, It just comes down to those two teams. So you can almost, I mean, obviously you've got to play every single Sunday, but you can always close your eyes until the third week in January. When the NFC is crowded. The AFC is, yeah, a two- to three-team race. You can't totally write the Chiefs off yet. Hey, Ray, let me ask you this. Before we get to the picks, and we got, you know, not great games, but a couple of really good ones. Where do you think you put the concern meter on the Jerry Jones versus the NFL, the ratings, the boycott, the not having Mr. GQ, which was great for Colin Kaepernick, you know, the the Trump this, the SOBs, the NFL uh, domestic violence, they've got so much, you know, and, you know, you remember when Mark Cuban was saying, you know, that they, they're, they're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're living fat and they're, they're, they're too arrogant and it's going to come. 
I mean, are we at a point, everybody's TV ratings are down, right? Because of streaming and all this stuff, but is the NFL at a turning point or do you think it's just a little bump and they'll be okay, but are they going to eat each other up at the same time with, with Jerry Jones and potential lawsuits? I think the NFL's in trouble. I think yeah. that we saw the best that the NFL will be a couple of years ago when they had yeah. labor harmony, um, Roger Goodell had set his new policy in place, and now I think they're coming apart a little bit at the seams because the revenue isn't growing as they expected. There is a little bit of infighting amongst the owners. Jerry Jones is leading the Billionaire Boys Club. (laughs) The Billionaire Boys Club. And frankly, everything can only – you can only go south, right? When when you're at the top of the hill for 10 years, 15 years – it can only go south, right? Ratings can only go down. Streaming, snacking, young kids. Young kids these days don't want to watch four hours of football or seven hours of football on Sunday. They want to watch in bite-sized nuggets. So I think the NFL is still king of the castle, but there are chinks in the armor for sure. Some of it, some of it self-inflicted. Right. I mean, I, I do think that they kind of miss a lot of things because they're so reactive and they need to be proactive, I think um, they can fix themselves, but they've got to be able to really humble themselves to do that, and I just don't think they'll do it. Let's get to the games, man. Um, These teams have both eaten humble pie over the last few years, but you've got a sort of a revenge game. The Los Angeles Rams at the Minnesota Vikings – Seven and two teams that were dominant in the 60s and 70s, maybe a little 80s. But Ray, Case Keenum is going up against Jared Goff, his old teammate, his old team. And I like the way Case Keenum's playing. They didn't go with Teddy Two Gloves, they kept him in. But I just think at the end of the day, even though it's on the road, Todd Gurley is the difference for me in this game. And I think the Rams will be able to connect with Everett Woods, Watkins. And I think they'll be able to pull away in a close game. And I'll say that they win this one 26-23, cover the two-and-a-half-point spread, and Jared Goff doesn't turn it over to a very good Minnesota defense. Halftime will be like 13-10 or 10-6. You know what I mean? But I got them 26-23 Rams over Vikings. I'm still amazed that both of these teams are 7-2 and two because – It's amazing. <laughs> I don't think that they're, you know, 13-3 and three teams or, or even 12-4 and four teams. So the, the shininess will come off of both of these teams. And I think they'll settle in as being good teams, but not great. I don't like either. Well, one of those guys eight wins, right? Eight wins after this. Eight and two, eight and two. And you know what? I like Minnesota because they're at mm-hmm. home, because they have a good defense, because Jared Goff has played from ahead in most of his games. Just say because of Stephon Diggs, yo Terps. Just say it. <laughs> Well, you know, I got some I got some Rams on my fantasy team, though. So I got Watkins yeah. and Curly, so you're not rooting oh, for the too. Rams. <laughs> but I believe the Vikings at home will keep this as a tight game. And something tells me that these quarterbacks in the second half of the year, 
defenses are going to start scheming better. They're going to start to create more turnovers. And I think that it starts now for both of them. But I think in a close game, I think the Vikings win a close one. I'll say 23-21 at home. Hold on. We got a caller. Let's hear uh, Let's hear what our caller has to say maybe about this. All right. All right. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. Ray and Tay, what's going on, y'all? Hey, what's, what's up, up, man? man? Like, how you doing? No, I'm good, man. You know, I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, putting that uh, petition in on uh, Carson Wentz and just waiting on it to follow. So yeah, been losing money every week, sir. Besides that, boy, okay. Well, listen. The one thing that you might want to put money on, and I know you, you, you're, you're looking good with your money laid down on the Saints, and we're about to talk about that game against the Skins, but. I mean, it might very well be a Pennsylvania Super Bowl, man, in Minnesota. And I know you had to be impressed with my Steelers last night, even with some injuries and a tough Titans defensive line. They couldn't necessarily run it so good, but Bannon offense woke up. And we've already had six road games and won five on the road. So uh, did you like that? Yeah, well, the Steelers' defense is playing a lot better than what people thought. And then, I mean, everything's just based on the coin flip of Big Ben. If Big Ben is his normal self as we know him, then they're going to be explosive and they're going to score points. But if he gets to, you know, that state of where we've seen some of these games, then, you know, they're vulnerable. So I still see him in that way. But, hell, that's still a tough out, man. That's not somebody you want to match up with because now Antonio – Oh, Juju is – but listen, right now, Antonio is in that conversation of Owens, Rice, and Moss, the youngest receiver ever to, what, uh, 700 receptions or something crazy like that? I mean, this is – and then this is his fifth year with 1,000 yards in a row? And he's putting I mean, up 100 yard, hundred reception years like it was nothing. Like so candy. He, he might shatter the record book if he can stay healthy. Uh, He's special. Well, see, if he, this is the thing. He's one of those guys who can break records if he stays healthy because he's not a physical marvel. He's one of the best route runners, has some of the best hands you'll ever see. So yeah. he's going to age well, too. Like, he he may be your fourth receiver still getting 700 yards as an old man. So, I mean. Like Fitzgerald. Yeah. yeah. Like healthy, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So let's get to this skin Saints game. It's fitting since you put money on them. I'll let you, you know, now you jump on it first. I mean, look, first, for fantasy folks, Fleener can't do nothing. Jordan Reed can't ever get healthy to play for the poor Skins. You got a seven-and-a-half-point spread. How do you see this game? Do the Skins have a shot to upset the Saints, or do they just roll at home again? Oh, I think they just roll at home again. I, I wish it was at night, so I, then I'd really be confident. But, man, the Saints, the, the way that they're running the ball, and now Drew Brees can basically play with optimum uh, position when it comes to passing the ball. Like, he's not forced to pass. He's not passing yeah. into, you know what I mean, negative game scripts or anything else. He's passing yeah, it's when a compliment, teams. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he's having games where he's only having five incompletions, you know, two, 240. He's not throwing for 300, maybe one touch, two touch. Yeah, and the Bell works. Yeah, he's hurt. Here's the funny wise, thing. But man, they're good. The, the, so the funny thing is, they between uh, Ingram and Kamara, they're doing great running the ball. Why did they bring Adrian Peterson in? 
I mean, granted, they corrected that mistake pretty soon, but you think to yourself, they're doing phenomenally well running the football. Why did they even mess up that? Well, mix remember they with... signed Adrian Peterson, didn't they sign? Oh, they signed, actually they did sign him after they after the draft. He came late. That's true. Yeah, Maybe yeah but anyway, he's going to contribute, but you don't think a rookie's going to be this. And with Kamara, the funny thing about him is most people seeing all the pass catching and the stats and we're just looking at following them that way. And when they finally seen the game, they say, oh, this is a big dude. This is not a little satellite back. No, and he was nice to Tennessee. This is a big dude. Let me tell you, he's got a lot of potential because he can run the routes. You know, he's got a little Reggie Bush in him, but then he's got grown man size. He's going to be talented. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bit on this one. I would say honestly, the Redskins defense is good, but I don't know the way they played in Seattle. I don't know if they can do that in the dome, but maybe it's not super high scoring. So I'll take the Saints in a weird game, but 27-17. They cover the spread and they win. Redskins just don't have enough offense. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's I'm what always- I would say too. Will Reed please sit down and let Vernon Davis play so we can get our fantasy money with Vernon Davis, though? I, I just uh, want to add that part. Davis Reed might not ever come though. back again. He, he's never active. What do you got for score, Ray? What do you got? I think it'll be a little closer than that. Redskins always, whenever you write them off, they always do well. They find a way, yeah. whether it's just Crowder or with Kelly, or Kelly's banged up too. Uh, yeah. or so I Thompson. think I think they will keep it close. Thompson, by the way, Thompson needs to get credit. This guy is a legitimate playmaker. He's just small, but he's a legitimate playmaker. So I like I like the Redskins to keep it close, but I'll say Seattle wins a close one at home, twenty four twenty three. Now we're going to Mexico City, gentlemen, and um, you know Bill Belichick and 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 what they do is it's just amazing. And Brady at forty, amazing. But right now, the Oakland Raiders have got to put on their big boy pants and say either we are here to compete. They'll have more Raider fans there. You know, they played there last year. Everybody loves them down there, Vegas, all West Coast. Raiders. But the question is, can Lynch run? Can Carr and a you know questionable Cooper and Crabtree get it going? against the Patriots, whose pass defense could be vulnerable. I think they do. But with a a six-and-a-half-point spread, I just think the Raiders keep it close, and Brady finds a way, whether it's James White or Deion Lewis or, you know, Gronk or Marcellus Bennett or or Allen, who got his first reception last week. I'm going to take the Patriots in a little bit of a close game, 26-24, and the Raiders, we say goodnight on their season after this loss. Yeah, I'm going to go high scoring on this one, man. I I think because of the Mexico City factor, everybody looks at it as, you know, more than a normal regular season game. I think we see the best of Brady. And I think, yeah, that Patriots defense is bad. Like, I I don't think there's any questions about that at this point. So, I think we see a a paced-up game. And I'm going uh, Patriots 42, uh, Raiders 35. Going paced-up. Shootout. Wow. See, see, if it's a shootout, I'm definitely going to go with the Patriots. But you know what? I'm going to say the silver and black. This Ooh. is their season. They, if mm. they lose this game, they are officially out. Not that they're not out now. You could argue that with, with that AFC, you know, being what it is, that they could honestly go to sleep and say they have a chance. Now, their, their leading receiver is Jared Cook. 
So that really needs to be Cooper or Crabtree. So if they can get anything out of them, and if they can keep this in a low-scoring game, relatively low-scoring game, keep it in the high 20s maybe, low 30s, the the crowd, maybe they can maybe they can create a couple of – you don't really turn Brady over, but what you can do is three and outs. And because mm-hmm. they pass so much, right? Yeah, Khalil Mack, you get you get him, you get that clock stop, you you turn the ball, you you know you punt, dominate time of possession, maybe have a maybe have a thirty five twenty five time of possession. So I like the Raiders in a close, relatively low scoring game. I'll say twenty eight twenty six. The Raiders. The Raiders. I'll say like cheering right now. <laughs> so. Sunday night football, NFC East, you know, maybe they could have, you know, switched this out and gone with the Rams and Vikings, but, you know, the Cowboys get ratings, good, bad, or indifferent, and it's a rivalry game, three-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I kind of feel like Dallas is going to have some mojo and get things going, but only get things going to still just fall a little bit short because Carson Wentz, now Ajayi and Blunt. Jeffries is questionable, but he'll probably go. But Zach Ertz is back, and that's going to be the difference because Sean Lee's not there, and that's too much. So I think the Eagles win a weird game. I'll say 30-27, so they don't cover the spread, but they win. And, um, yeah, this is the end of Dallas. we say goodbye to them for the playoffs. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. Dallas is a tough team at home, and Dallas is a very proud team, and they've always gotten up for these bigger games. They're not necessarily the most complete team. Even though people say, oh, Dallas is talent, Dallas is talent, Dallas is Dallas has talent spread out through the roster, but I'm not sure that I would take their, certainly not their defense, um, and say, oh, that they they're tremendously, uh, you know, well, well stacked on defense. Especially Sean Lee gets hurt every single, you know, every other week. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, this guy can't stay healthy. So I'm gonna say that the Eagles, despite the fact that they've got more talent, in theory, uh, that running game. If this were in three weeks and they and they integrated Jai, I would say definitely Eagles. But it's Sunday night. It's on the road. It's in Dallas. Dallas can get jazzed up for this game. Maybe Alfred Morris can get some first downs. Dak will run for 40 or 50 yards, extend some plays, extend some drives. Where is Des Bryant for an elite receiver? He hasn't Relying had on an elite. Williams and Beasley. <laughs> he hasn't had an elite game in. I mean, you could argue Cole Beasley's best player on on you know uh, at the skill position right now uh, on that team. So I'm going to say Des Bryant maybe gets himself his first 100-yard games in, what is it, 16, 17 uh, games. So Cowboys win a close game. I'll say 30 to 27. How about them Cowboys? Wow. Wow. Man, you really set me up, man. But I can't walk away from the slot machine, man. I've been sitting on the same slot machine. If I walk away, somebody else gets the money. (laughs) So I'm going to go with the Cowboys, man. Alfie Moe and somehow the game of Darren McFadden's life that we've been waiting on for 30 years or whatever. Is he going to be active? Is the guy going to get a cow? Oh, God. I forgot. Rod Smith is getting his – oh, man. 
Hey, yeah. this is a bad pick, but I'm I'm still rolling with it. I'm I'm big headed <laughs> and I'm rolling with it. Let's go, Cowboys. I'm rolling with it. Raggedy Jerry Jones and all. Uh, is Smith playing? <laughs> That's the question. Oh, the left man, tackle back. Man. You know, yeah, but that will solve thing everything. About that is they they already experienced the 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 nightmare without Tyrion Smith, and now they know they got to chip, they got to adjust, they got to do everything they can to help that tackle. Because they just left that boy all alone and let a journeyman beat him up for six sacks last week. That so, was so embarrassing. No adjustments. It, it was just embarrassing. It I mean, it's one thing to get realize, physically you know beat. What, at some point. you get left on an island. Yeah, but at some point, Jerry Jones has got to get a real coach in there. Jason Garrett. I mean, I'd rather you give Rod Marinelli the head coaching job. Jason Garrett, is, he's, not, he's not a difference maker. And if this team, no. whether it's this year – or next year with Zeke or whatever, if they're going to really get to the playoffs and advance and win, you've got to get a different head coach. We're seeing great coaching with Zimmer in Minnesota, McVay with the Rams. You're seeing different coaches make a difference. Garrett is not that dude. I want to get back later, real quick later, to the Cowboys, but let's just – there's only a hand, like one good college game. you got 19 at number five. Um, look, since Peters has been, you know – at quarterback from Michigan, they've been kind of a new team. This Wisconsin defense is like two overall, like number one in the red zone. The, the defense is sick. You just don't trust them in scoring enough. But I feel like they've stepped up to every little, oh, you can't beat Iowa. Oh, you're not blowing out teams enough. You struggle the first half against Indiana, Indiana, then you blow them away. But go blue is in my heart, and I do feel that Jim Harbaugh's got one upset in him. And I think Michigan upsets Wisconsin 23-21 last second field goal and knocks off the Big Ten and Wisconsin for their hopes of the college football playoff. Mm. Well, yeah, a man. lot of teams in the SEC, ACC, Big 12, and potentially the Pac-12 would be very happy for this because – Wisconsin, if they obviously if they run the table, you know they're taking one of those four slots. You can't give an oh, undefe- yeah. you can't have an undefeated you know big big five team not make it. So, having said that though, I think Hornibrook and Taylor are just too much. Michigan, their D is good but erratic. Their offense has been inconsistent at best. I don't think it, in Madison that they can pull this off. This game means too much to Wisconsin. Michigan and Wisconsin are not huge rivals. I mean, they are because they're in the you know Big Ten, but they're not. It's, this is not Ohio State. This is not even Michigan. Yeah, they don't play every year. Yeah. This is Wisconsin. So I think this game means so much more to Wisconsin. Michigan has, has too many question marks. I think it's a close game. But this Wisconsin team is not your father's Wisconsin team. They can score a little bit. So I think they'll win 27 27- Twenty. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm rolling with you, man. I I think at some point, if it gets bad enough, we'll hear Barry Alvarez's music, and there'll be some questionable call. But look, man, they're not letting them out of it with a win, man. Look, they got to get this playoff spot. Things have to be done, shady or not, and it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And I think Jim Harbaugh is gonna be going crazy about a controversial call late in the game, and <laughs> Wisconsin marches on. So there's nothing really else. You know, all the ranked teams are playing, you know, weird teams like Bama's playing Mercer and Auburn, you know, before their their Iron Bowl matchup. But I wanted to throw this at you guys because it is the potential first and second pick 
the Pac-12 rivalry game, UCLA and USC. UCLA struggled there at number 11, USC. But in some ways, you could say Darnold Rosen and the Wyoming kid Allen, and they've got a big game this week, you know, that they've all kind of been underwhelming. You could say, if anything, you've been more impressed by Baker Mayfield, and then no one's talking about the great season Lamar Jackson's having because Louisville has four losses. Does USC just blow UCLA out? But do all three of these quarterbacks come out? Does Darnold and Rosen, do they come out anyway? And is this a game where NFL scouts are drooling over no matter what? Yeah, I think they do. And I think ultimately these quarterbacks are not going to go one, two, three. I don't see this as a, you know, uh, a Wentz and Goff situation. I think that, that these guys will be drafted, you know, five to 15 type of thing. A lot of these running backs and, and you know, obviously defensive ends and, and, and offensive tackles are still. You say that, but every team. year you see these teams trade up for them. What, yeah. What's going to be the difference this year? Like, I don't you don't know, think these guys are disappointed. The Browns. And, and that's, the, that's the thing. It's too much time in between these two two things happening. And before you know it, teams start they talking fall in love with them. things. And quarterbacks become way more valued than they yeah, should be. Yeah, they'll always and people are reaching definitely be one, two. Players. It might not be one, two, yeah, three, but, but I, I bet you it's going to be like right, though, one, as far as, one like, three, and ten what they or something. Right, right. But if they just looked at how they grade them, they would draft them, as he's saying, you know, in the, in the fives, tens, you know, NBA lottery style. But right. because it's the NFL and people go crazy in these war rooms and they talk themselves into things with quarterbacks, man, I see them making the same old mistakes. I, I see it happening yeah. again. Well, no. maybe. But keep in mind, though, that the, the, the teams at the bottom, it looks like it's going to be Cleveland. It's going to be San Francisco. It's going to be Giants. the Giants. I mean, you think the Giants, if they have number three, that they would take a shot at one of these guys to replace Eli? I'd be like, wait, they gotta wait take another year. Barkley, I would believe. Or trade but, down or do something. But listen, unless they bench Eli and play Davis Webb, you don't even know what you got with Davis Webb. Well, I think they've seen him in practice enough that they know he's yeah. not the I got it. The Giants would have to take Barkley to me, but maybe it's time for Eli to go and they send him to Jacksonville. Who knows? I don't think they would ever – the Maras would never trade. Eli, I don't think. But before we wrap up, though, we got to talk well, about We didn't think NBA. Joe Montana would go, but uh, Steve yeah. Young came. No, and but Eli's not that old. And, you know, the Giants are more traditional than the Niners. The Giants, you know, I don't think they'd get rid of Eli. That, that's, that's a big deal for them. He's won two Super Bowls in New York. They're like, look, they won't even fire McAdoo, and that guy's worse than, uh, oh, you know. Oh, they all... oh, Black Monday, he's gone. No, please believe that. Oh, but I at know. At the same time, think about the draft value. Well, Ray and I like to call it Pink Monday because it's a pink slip. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. We mess things up because we got Black Friday when you're making money. It doesn't add up. It's Pink Monday, Ray and Tay. We we coined it. But let's talk about Kyrie because what happened last night and what happened since Hayward and 14 wins in a row, the clear mass, not the black mass. He's only averaging 20 points, but I don't know what, six, seven assists. What, What you're seeing is what everyone said he wasn't and couldn't be. He's a leader. He's a point guard. He is so much better without LeBron James. It's ridiculous. And I can only tip my hat to Kyrie. And this team this year could even potentially upset the King, although LeBron looks like he's 25 again. But that's another conversation. How impressed are you guys with Kyrie Irving and how he's playing? But I'm not surprised. I, I know what kind of talent he Oh, no, we know what he is. But, but we didn't know he was this yeah, leader. But he's a leader now. 
this winning streak is cute, but it's early in the season. They're going to have some growing pains, but the young pups are showing up. They're playing like veterans, and that's, you know, giving Kyrie the help he needs, and that defensively they've been suffocating, man. So I definitely give them a lot of credit, give Coach Stevens a lot of credit, but uh, this will be something that we remember as a nice winning streak early in the season, and they're still going home second round or Eastern Conference Finals. So, really? I mean, Who do you think, nice. other than the Cavs, can beat them? You think Toronto's going to beat them? Milwaukee's going to beat them? I think Washington can beat them. And, honestly, anybody in the East who gets matched up with, with Milwaukee is a possibility of losing. Like, period. Like, a guy like Giannis. Well, now it blood so. Yeah. He can it's cause a problem. score now. Yeah. See, I, so, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think anybody wants any parts of them in a series just because you, don't, you can't control for a guy like that. Is no, Detroit dangerous? A, is Detroit dangerous at ten and four? Dangerous. Hmm. I don't believe Reggie Jackson, but man, Stan is doing a good job too. We got to give Van Gundy his credit. People are doing it. Yeah, I'll say this though yeah. about Kyrie. I will say this that who knew that at twenty five or he's probably just about twenty five that yeah. he's the wily old veteran and and good for him you know he bet on himself and he probably said he did the risk risk analysis and said well <laughs> not only am i playing you know as lebron's sidekick i'm robin but next year if lebron opts out i'm stuck with this roster so he's thinking to himself, okay, let me And that's make the this real move. reason why he left, let's be honest. He knows LeBron's yeah, leaving. That's the whole transaction. That's what everybody that's the whole thing. Okay, I thought we were brothers. I thought we were in brotherhood. We got this tip. Now you're not pulling me into your inner circle and letting me know whether you're going to stay or leave. Like, wait a minute, bro. That's, that's the whole fracture right there. LeBron basically treating him like little brother. Nah, I'm not really going to go into whether I'm going to stay or leave. Like, nah, bro, right. we want to trip together. You got to tell me or I'm gone. Right, and I'm a number one overall pick, and I have a, I have a ring too. So um, good for him. But good for – you know what, good for him. And, and I just can't wait. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm in Boston, I'm, I'm doing like voodoo, uh, you know, whatever it takes to get Gordon Hayward back because, I, I, you know, you've got to be excited about this team because if you can oh, get Tatum and, and uh, you know, Tatum and Jalen Brown accelerated by a year or two because Hayward's yeah. not there taking up all those minutes and taking all those shots, you know, uh, assuming they get the chemistry right – that's great. Now, the only problem, you know, I, I feel like Horford is, is a little limited in what he can do, especially. He's solid, but, you know, in playoff time, uh, you know, no, I'm not sure you're going to get that exceptional performance that you need potentially uh, on either side of the ball from uh, But at from least now they have a go-to scorer, though, Ray, because Kyrie can give anybody the yeah. business. I think we can all admit right now, if you're really looking back in history annals, he might be the illest handle. You know, maybe you could talk about God, Sham God, but he's got the illest handle and he's the illest God, finisher. Sham God, that's back in Providence. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I had to go there with you. you know, we know how we feel about God, Sham God. We got love yeah, for him. so you got to go God, you got Strick in there, you got Earl oh, Pearl, you got Zeke. You know, there, there's some guys with handle, and, and he's right up there with him. But most of those guys never got to – probe and investigate for as long as and much as they wanted to. Like he does, like man, right. the amount of time where he's breaking people down and oh, just destroying teams defensive a lot like Well between yeah, yeah, between the rule change, the fact that he can shoot better than all of those yeah. guys he and, and he's, he's, and he's, he's a better finisher. 
He's clutch. Yeah. He's a better finisher than all those guys. Yeah, he, he's so special. Well, he's really Rod, special. Because Rod, Rod is the layup god. Like, Rod and the layup three that was, used was, to make were ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, Rod couldn't shoot. And Rod wasn't the best decision maker. I think we can all agree that. I think he would agree with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, those behind-the-back passes in game six of the Western Conference <laughs> Semifinals, you're like, really, Rod? What are you doing? Uh, but anyway, two, but wait, two, two, two quick about questions. Because I know we both, uh, we all we all miss Rod. He's coaching now. But listen, two quick questions, and, and we're out of here. We all saw the Laker Philly game, and honestly, Philly might be my undercover favorite team. You know what I mean? And I think. When you see Embiid doing 46, 15, 7, and 7, and it's never been done before, not by Shaq, Kareem, or Wilt, and you see Simmons, it's almost like seeing a young Magic and a young Kareem, right, with the height and everything. But that on one side, and then on the other side of the pendulum, does Lonzo Ball, I mean, they're not going to bench him, but does he deserve to be benched or even go to the G League? What's wrong with Lonzo, and how great can Embiid and Simmons be? No, he doesn't deserve to be benched. He just needs to be in a timeshare. Like, he's not dominant enough to be, you know, getting the minutes that he's getting. Clarkson is they a are rebuilding, Clarkson so can, they're, they're rebuilding, so you can understand the process. But I think what people are going to have to come to terms with is he's not overly athletic, and we might just be looking at Nicky Rubio when it's all said and done. Great pass, great handle, good vision, really can push the pace, but he can't dominate a game necessarily, uh, you know, Often, so I, I think we're looking at Ricky Rubio, and folks are going to have you know some. He's of not even as aggressive though as Ricky Rubio. Crush. That's what I'm concerned about. He's got no ah point guards. You got to attack like five. Well, he, come on, hold on, hold on. Now he's 19 well, years he's old. Not his brother athletic or quick. Oh, his brother was on house arrest in China. Maybe that got into his <laughs> head a little bit. <laughs> but he'll be fine. I really do think he's fine. At worst, I like that Ricky Rubio. I was thinking more Mark Jackson, but but obviously Ricky Rubio is more of a same body type, same type of skill set. So at worst, he's Ricky Rubio. But I I think, look, on one end of the spectrum, Ricky Rubio, other end of the spectrum, Jason Kidd. I think he's somewhere in the middle, more towards Jason Kidd in three, four years. He'll be fine. Philly is special. And and here's uh-huh. the thing. I look at the Clippers, uh, you know, in the 90s. And, I, you know, that's the difference between drafting high and choosing the right guys and drafting yeah. high and not choosing the right guys. Now, the only, only guy they've kind of missed on is Jalil Okafor and, uh, well, Darius Hark, we'll see. But Jalil Okafor. Well, we don't know about Okafor because the, the stupid GM has got this kid on the bench and then you can't even trade him if you can't get his trade value up because nobody knows what he could do. Yeah, but I oh, look at the way – you just look at the way he played. Don't diss Okafor. He lost weight. I'm sorry, man. He did his share, though. I, I will give him credit. He he came to he came to camp prepared. He was ready. He yep. was in shape, and they didn't return the favor by even giving him minutes. So that that's terrible. But you look at that yeah, front court. Yeah, but he's undersized, unathletic, back down four. Fair he can't enough. Face and, the and floor, not a good defender. So, I mean, he's limited. And but in that front court, that. where does he play? I mean, you're not gonna. Yeah, he can't play with. Who does he play with? Does he play with Simmons? He clogs up the middle. Does he play with Embiid? Embiid's your guy. So he's kind of bad fit. Oil and water on that team. But good for them. Exciting team. They just If they could get Markel Foles healthy and playing, you know, this team could be really ahead of yeah, schedule. Well, nothing matters but Embiid. If, if Embiid is actually healthy, we're looking at a potential Hall of Famer, one of the yeah. best we've ever seen do it. If he's healthy, that's the game. And then Simmons is your complimentary piece. But if they have to rebuild around Simmons, then you're talking about you never know how that could go. Like, he could be out of there or anything could happen. 
but Simmons as a complimentary piece to Embiid, oh, my God. That's yeah, I just look at Embiid, and I look at him, and like, you're 23. You look like you're 33 with all that wrapping around his knees, and his, I just hope he stays healthy. But, he, you know? but you see his moves? I mean, he's oh, no, got he's a, he's a, he's a Did you see those Akeem-type moves? The pivot moves, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The thing that's so fascinating to me is that right now, the playoffs started today, and I hate that comment and that statement, but it's just a fact. The East and the, and, and, and the West, the ninth seeds, are the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that, that says a lot. It's early, so it doesn't mean much. And Chris Paul coming back, everybody's like, oh, it can't work out. Well, he came back and 142 points. I know the Suns are bad, but I think the Rockets are for real, and they're going to have to be, you know, they could at least take the Warriors to seven games this year. Yeah, everybody well, shitted on the Chris Paul experiment, but this was a great move. So at some point, you're going to be able to rest harder more than normal, and harder yeah. won't be broken down and fatigued by the time you get to the playoffs. So we're actually, you know, the real matchup. And we're still waiting on Kawhi. I love what the Spurs are doing, not rushing Kawhi. So right, I mean, well, he's brilliant right now. Popovich is brilliant. He's brilliant. And Rudy 15. Gay was a good signing, and Lamarcus Aldridge is mentally back in it, and. And Tony Parker would be back, right? Or did he just come back? He's in practice, I know. But so they'll be fine. I, I wish we could hear the negotiation between Pop and all of them, where he just said, look, man, I'm not going to holler at you anymore. I'll be a little softer on you, and you'll be able to be your normal self. I, I understand my voice rattles. I'll, I'll stop yelling at you. <laughs> He's like, I still got you for a couple more years, so uh, we might as well make the best of this. Oh, man. Well, listen, that's it. Great show. Uh, Nas, thanks for calling like always, man. It's fun to talk to you and chop it up. And, you know, oh, and just oh, a little love to John Carlos Stanton, MVP, and Jose Altuve. You know, that's that's big. A giant and a midget MVP. That's great. A midget? Come on now. Five, six, <laughs> not a midget. <laughs> Yo, but he said he, when he came in for the tryout, he was 5'6", 140, and they told him, no, thank you. And now he's 5'6", 160, and he's maybe the best all-around player in baseball right up there with Trout and, and Judge and all these other guys. That's pretty okay. darn impressive, you know. It is. It is, 100%. All you young, young people out there, play baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can do it at any size. You just got to be able well, to, you know. Shorties quick, out there, play some baseball. That, that quick wrist twitch. So enjoy it. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Dylan just said, why'd you go to the banks? That's where the money was. Same thing with baseball. <laughs> yeah. Train the kids Guaranteed up. contracts. Should be a great sports weekend. Enjoy the games. And, uh, you know, get, get, a, get a jacket out there. It's getting chilly in the East Coast. It's getting chilly everywhere. So we'll, uh, we'll be back on Monday. Have a good one. Yeah, stay Thanks away from those Falcons fans. They might be smiling too much down there in Atlanta. Yeah, man. Big game Monday. Yeah, we know, we know Monday. We'll be doing about that. You think I'm believing in that? Come on. Y'all know I know. No, no, I know, I know. But but they, they're still smiling, though. They, they made their season, right, by beating Dallas. I guess, man. But I know it's coming. Well, I'm waiting on the show. Well, we got to see the Seahawks without Richard Sherman. That, that's a big without, especially if Thomas doesn't make it back this week. So. Yeah, we're might still the Atlanta Falcons. We might have an FBI investigation and half our team just Arrested. Anything can happen. This is Atlanta, man. Have a great weekend. Great call, Nash. Thank you so much. Have a great one.